What's up, world? Coming at you live and direct and hitting you in the chest like a shot of straight jack. This is No Chaser with Peter Mac. Let's get it. What's going on, y'all? This your country cousin, Pete McCoy, a.k.a. Peter Mac, man. I know um, I'm sorry about the delay for my episode. I usually do them on Sunday, but I had to wait a little bit, man, because um, y'all know I'm in one of them. My favorite cities other than my hometown, Moss Point. I'm uh, in Atlanta, Georgia, the A, a.k.a. the Trap. And right now I'm kicking it with one of uh, my player part. Damn them, my big brother, uh, Mr. Sonny Gillespie, a.k.a. the legendary Sonny G. What's cracking, pimp? Man, what's good? Is this, I, I like the show. I, I like the show. I've been listening to the first uh, two episodes, No Chaser. I... I and uh, I got my own podcast, of course. Yeah, I forgot to plug it in. I'm sorry. No, bro. no, you cool, you cool. Effa podcast. If you type, if you uh, search on Spotify, Effa podcast, E F F A podcast, uh, I'll pop up on that. Ain't y'all still running that off of Anchor too? Y'all run that off the Anchor app too, don't it? No, no, oh, it's not actually, no more. Nah, we actually go into to the studio to do it. I do need to uh, get my own podcast on Anchor because it seems like it's really good uh, quality. I didn't know that it, it was it was that good until I listened to yours. I didn't even realize it was Anchor until I heard the little yeah. uh, the thing at the end. I was like, oh, Anchor's really doing that thing. So, shout out to Anchor. And yeah, all actually, free advertising we've been giving them in the past uh, minute. <laughs> I actually found out about this app from Kirby, man. A uh, comedian we know named Kirby. Okay. Woman, uh, shout out to Kirby. Man, she got her hand in everything. This woman is a author, comedian, filmmaker, stewardess. She's everything but a thought. Which surprises me. And she and she and she advocates on for the thighs too. Yeah. She like a she like a She's a thought advocate that doesn't thought herself. It would be, be hard on the thighs for thighs. I'm like, wait a minute, so you gonna advocate them being thighs, but you mad cause they out here doing what you said? Like a hypocritical dad. Hey look here, man, don't be drinking and driving. But Pops Didn't you, you just come pop, home drunk from the But bar Pops, you just had a bill. Shut up, I left knock shit out your head. That's kinda how Kirby is, man. It is. But shout out to Kirby for putting me on game about this. Now, my man Sonny G, he's a Connoisseur of you know chicken wings, love wings, big big women, big women, um, big women. So so since you be a connoisseur of big women, your your feelings on this whole Lizzo thing and all that. Well, so people have been, and my timeline has been lit up because I was I was the original BBW lover. I've been loving big girls since before BBW was even a term. Back when I first started liking big girls, the only thing you could call them was fat bitches. So. From fat bitches to BBW, I've been there, and everybody's like, "Sunny, what, what, what about this Lizzo thing?" My whole thing is, rather she's doing it to be a so-called attention whore, or rather she's doing it to to show big girl confidence. I don't mind either. Um, we let Lady Gaga go to the Grammys in a dress made out of lunch meat. Um, we done let Azealia Banks somehow become a celebrity for doing absolutely nothing but ragging on other celebrities on Twitter. Like, so attention horn ain't nothing new and and I don't mind it. So I don't mind it when Lizzo does it. Um, and then the big girl confidence thing, my whole thing with Lizzo is just too much too soon. You gotta, you gotta leave some for the people. You gotta leave them wanting more. You can't just pop up showing your ass at the Lakers game one day and then show up twerking at the award show the next day and then show up crying on Instagram about 
how nobody's respecting you the next day and how it took you so long to to reach this peak and everything like that like slow down we you know those of us who are advocating for you and who are on your side we see the struggle we see the journey we here for you but quit trying to win people over on your side that obviously have no you know intentions on 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 being on your side like fuck them my thing is like, cause everybody like, what? Well, everybody else does it. Rihanna, nobody says. I said no. When Rihanna does it, and all the other celebrities, not about it, they attention horn too. They attention horn too. Then just cause they skinny, they get a pad. They attention horn too. My thing is, she did that at the game with at the game with children. And I eat my popcorn. I don't want to see that when they eat my popcorn or meet my hot dog. You know, with mustard and stuff on it. That's nasty as hell. You already, you already know them seats are public seats and all that and you know they the, the material that's on them you work in the georgia dome you know them seats attract sweat and every vile thing off a human being my thing about that though is that she just it was just public when she did it that's the only problem As, like you said me working at mercedes-benz stadium um i have you know chicks come in there with the shortest of skirts wearing no panties whatsoever and if you let them walk by and you get a whiff, you like, oh my God, I hope she puts something down before she sits in that seat. So it's not like that's not regularly happening. It just so happens that Lizzo's a celebrity and it was public that she was putting her bare, all she put was her bare ass cheeks on the seats. It wasn't like she put whole cell pussy on the seats. Like like I said, like I have seen done before. But the, and then the whole argument with the with the kids thing is, Hooters is a family establishment now. I remember in the 90s, Hooters was strictly where your daddy and his partners went to look at, at big-breasted chicks when they, they you know, they didn't want to go to the strip club because they didn't want to be disrespectful to your mama, but they still wanted to see titties. They went to Hooters they, to escape the family and to see titties. And me and Hooters was like, hey, you can bring the kids. So now <laughs> you and the kids now looking at scantily dressed waitresses with big titties. And Hooters done done change their policy to the point where now that you know they used to just hire women with big titties and now they hiring everybody because they want to be all inclusive well, why are we still called hooters why don't we change the name but as far as lizzo and, and being bare assed on the seat and, and, and making a spectacle of herself i really feel like it's like we had that conversation uh about a certain white rapper last night you know just admit you don't you don't like her just admit you don't mess with her antics or something like that I, and i've told people i said that's my thing about it. i said i just don't like the energy she gives off i said oh you you discriminate against big women i said no because i love me some jill scott love jilly especially after that microphone Ooh, Lord, boy, like i said on the other episode to be that microphone jilly, jilly from philly could get it yes all of it. All Because, like, everybody be like, man, she ain't that fine. I said, did you not see Get On Up and see her in that Mrs. Claus uniform? I was mad when people was talking about how much uh, weight Lila Rashawn uh, gained. And Lila Rashawn is still fine as hell. Sunshine still looks like Sunshine just with a little bit more weight on her. And I will... I will still make that phone call I'm an a, officer from, from uh, Harlem Knights made if, if Sunshine comes. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm going to tell you somebody who I'm mad she lost all her weight because she was actually nice with her weight on Jennifer Hudson. Well, she pissed me off with two things. One, the way she lost it don't look good on her and will do good off her. And then two, she did some like kind of fucking ass shit against, uh, what's the dude? David O'Tunk? Yeah, ain't it CM Punk? Ain't that what it is? Well, no, no, he, he's not CM Punk. It was just, it was just it's punk. punk. Okay, I'll get it out But yeah, she did some kind of messed up ass shit. Uh, with with him and I wasn't too keen on that, but that's that's neither here nor that's her person shitting on some other shit. But you know what's funny? So I feel like if I could do an updated scene from the clumps, the part of the clumps where where uh, uh, the dad 
talks about Oprah and Luther Vandross, and he's like, lost all that weight. What's nothing wrong with Oprah? Oprah was a fight. I feel like I want to do that same joke now, but with with uh, Jennifer Hudson and, and Ruben Studdard. Jennifer Hudson looked good, lost all that weight. What's nothing wrong with Jennifer? Jennifer it was, was a fight. It was. I tell you what, Jennifer and Ruben need to keep their ass one way because I'm getting confused. Like like, my, like, like, like the mom. I hope ain't nothing wrong with Jennifer. <laughs> <laughs> I used to love that. I hope nothing wrong with Oprah. <laughs> But yeah, that's yeah. how I like, you know, but hey, I'm all for getting healthy. Like, that's my thing. I, I'm all for confidence and I'm all for health and I'm all for whatever makes you happy in life. If being fat makes you happy, then then go ahead and, and, and be fat. If if you need to get healthy, though, get healthy. You know what I'm saying? It's all, I, I don't try to look at nobody and dictate what's going to put the happiness in their life because some of the, the most fit people are out here committing suicide. They go to the yeah. gym. They go to the gym and they like, oh, I look good. And the rest of their life or whatever is happening. And they, the people is committing suicide in the gym. You know what I'm saying? People is putting belts around the the, the weight thing. Yeah, you ain't seen it. No. People are putting belts around their neck and then putting them on a, the, the um, I forgot what you call the machines you pull down specifically. But yeah, people are killing themselves in the gym, literally. Uh, like uh. It's, So it's, it's all kinds of stuff that's going on behind the scenes that people are like oh yeah he's healthy he must be that's like comedians people automatically think that because we comedians we must be happy all oh, the time oh yeah no we some of the most fucked up in the head people I remember that's why we're right comedians. before I moved here uh, remember shout out, actually shout out to Shaq Double D's all black comedy show we did that last night for a double dose of that pimping cool last year shout out to my man the Shaq for a, a, aka Shaq Double D uh, Red Light Cafe Midtown Atlanta Georgia once a month y'all definitely go check that out if you um, in the city especially if you're around by the time when he had me I remember when Shaq used to have that spot he used to have right there off the bluff mm-hmm. uh, 630 mm-hmm. a church 630 as he used to call it I remember right before I moved, I hit that room up, and my friend, I had a friend of mine that was with me, so we did a, we did our shit that night. After that, we on that back porch he used to have, we used to mm-hmm. go congregate on that little bit of back porch that was elevated, and he just listened to all of us talk, and he's like, damn, man, I didn't know. I said, bro, and like, the shit, he was like, damn, man, y'all, y'all got some shit going. I said, bro, comedians actually some of the most fucked up people. You know yeah. what I said, this shit, like yeah, you always say, this shit is a form of therapy for us. Yeah. It is a form of therapy. Now, we're going to move on. Speaking of that, we're going to talk about your comedy origins and, you know, what brought you here. Like, so what made you want to get into comedy? Like, what made a young Stephen Roberts, a.k.a. Sonny G, little kid from Madisonville, Cincinnati, Ohio, what was that moment that made you say, I want to try to pursue this? It's funny because I've been thinking about that a lot lately because I've seen Tommy Davidson. Tommy Davidson was just at Atlanta Comedy Theater last weekend. Yeah. Shout out to Tommy Davidson. Um, and he was also on Jada Pinkett's Red Table Talk. Tommy Davidson was the first comedian I ever seen live. When I was stationed in, in Korea, in Weejeonbu, Korea, in the Air Force, him and, um, yeah, it was Tommy Davidson. And, and I keep wanting to say D.L. Hughley, but I don't think it was D.L. Hughley, but it was him and somebody else. But I seen them live. And this was like a little hole in the wall, uh, uh, bar and grill. Like, I don't even know how much... They must have got paid to come there, but it was it was not an ideal spot to do comedy. But he went and he killed it, and and um, Tommy Davidson was the first person that inspired me to actually get on the stage. As far as comedy, comedy's been a big part of my life, my whole whole life. I was telling somebody like nowadays, when when Kevin Hart puts out a special, 
everybody goes to Netflix and they watch it and then they get on social media and they go, have you seen it? Did you like this joke? Did you? When I, I remember when Eddie Murphy's, uh, I think Delirious was the second one, wasn't it? No, Delirious first, Raw was the second one. Raw. I remember when Raw came out. When Raw came out, my grandma had the entire family come over. Um, all her kids came over and of course her kids brought their kids, us. And so the adults is all in the living room gathered around this little 20-inch TV with, with Raw and the VCR. And they try to tell us, you know, go play, go do this, go this. But, you know. You know, that's just like, when you tell kids not to do that, that's like what they tell us. I meant because, you know, like my man said, he's a Air Force veteran. That's like when they tell us areas are secure. That means off limits. Like, hey, don't go to this area secure. The first thing we're going to do when we get in the cab. Hey, man, can you take us to uh, XYZ? Exactly. And that same thing with kids. Like, hey, don't watch this shit. So they they all in the living room watching Raw. So the kids, we all sneaking in one by one. We had figured out a system because they in there, they smoking weed, they drinking and everything like that. So we figured if you sneak in one at a time and, you know, go sit next to somebody or sit in between somebody or whatever, nobody will say nothing to you. You just got to be in there, be quiet and watch. And I remember doing that with Raw. And even though a lot of those jokes were going over my head, the ones that I was catching was like, oh, this is... This is, you know, I'm like, I'm like five, six at the time, but I'm like, yo, this is funny. So he gets paid to stand up on a stage and tell jokes. I want to do that. And then I spent the rest of my grade school years um, being too shy to be the class clown. I was never, everybody always assumes that. It's like, are you a comedian? You must have been the class clown. Same here with me, bro. No. I, didn't, I didn't become the class clown because I got stationed on the dude in San Diego. And they were like, you want to clap? I said, like, no, I actually like Screech from Saved by the Bell. Basically, I was Screech, Steve Urkel, all the losers from the 90s shows was rolled into one was me. I was, I was that's where Trap Nerd comes from, but we'll get into that later. <laughs> uh, so I was never the class clown. I was always, matter of fact, I, anytime I thought I was funny, somebody shut that down immediately. Shut your lame ass up, okay? But I always knew that humor was how I wanted to get across to people. I always wanted to be funny because... I just felt like that was the best thing in the world to do was to be funny, was to make people laugh. And so fast forward, um, I've never had stage fright. I've never met a stage or a microphone that I wasn't friends with. So I've always been in school plays. I was always that kid who read the, the end of the quarter awards and everything like that. And, and I would always throw in a joke here and there. Um, and it wasn't until I joined the Air Force and no, 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 sorry, I, I jumped ahead. I realized that I really wanted to try something. With, here's the very first joke that I heard that really resonated with me. My grandma used to have, they, they called them party records. Yeah, I'm back in the day. Yeah. They used to call comedy records party records because, again, like I was talking about. That was only for, like how you said with the, the TV. Adults. That was only for grown people while they drinking like martinis and, or in our case, Thunderbirds, smoking cigarettes. And that kids weren't supposed to be down there. Right. So my grandma had a record player with all these records with, with Richard Pryor, Red Fox, uh, 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 Lenny Bruce, and all of them. And I remember I, I went and I played one of the Red Fox records, and he told a joke about three gentlemen who go to a bar, and a beautiful woman walks in. And so the three of them make a bet to see who can take her home. And all three of them go up and say something to her, and she rejects all three of them. So then all of a sudden, this real bummy uh, dude looking dude walks in 
and he goes straight to the bar, leans in, says something to her, and then they both leave together. And the three gentlemen, they go over to the bartender and they go, hey man, did you did you hear what he said to her? Bartender just looks and goes, said? He didn't say shit, he just licked his eyebrows. <laughs> I think I might have been seven when I heard that. I didn't even get the significance of the whole lick. I just thought lick his eyebrows was funny. Yeah. And that joke stayed with me over the years and over the years I got more and more of it and I was like, oh, that's why that part was funny. Oh, that's why that part. I just, I always knew the joke was funny but I didn't know exactly why until years later. And when I finally realized the layers of that joke, the, the many different reasons it was funny, I said, I wanna be that type of comedian. I, I don't wanna just make you laugh. I want you to, to really think about what I'm saying and for it to stick with you for a while because I really feel like comedians, I think I heard you say this on a previous podcast, that comedians are philosophers. Um, a lot of us relate our pain through humor. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we take something that is, somebody's about to jump off of a bridge right now for some of the shit that we're thinking about. But if we can make you laugh about it, I, you'll come off that bridge. Yeah, you, you, true. Will, you will come off that bridge. I, so I, I realized early on in life that if I had a message, the best way I wanted to get it across was was through comedy and through laughter. And so fast forward to being in the Air Force, Okinawa, Japan. The very first time I did comedy in 2007, I did it on uh, Camp Foster, a Marine base in front of like... 90 Marines and people think booing is the worst thing that can happen to you in comedy it is not they threw trays at me Mm -hmm. they threw food trays at me I was so horrible my very first time like (laughs) yeah cause I remember I did that 30 minute I did that 30 minute uh, joint on the ship because after I did my shit Word just started getting around. I'm having officers coming to me. McCarvey, you do comp? Now, like, they'll say it me. And I'm like, yes, I'm thinking I'm in trouble because, you know, I was partying my ass off and halfway coming to work, halfway hungover and halfway late and saying, they McCarvey, I'm like, oh, shit. You're going to never get it late. You do comedy, man. Yeah, yeah, sir, I do. And then it got to my E9, my command E9. He's like, I want you to do something on the ship for 30 minutes, which a lot of people don't know. If you do something in the military, it is very hard to do because you have to be PC as a motherfucker. You don't necessarily have to be clean. But it can't be offensive and stuff, and it can't trigger nobody because we're in a PC military. So I did it 30 minutes. I put it up. And the first thing, first comments I read was Sonny comment when I put it up. I don't see no trays thrown on you. Job well done. I'm like, what? Because here's the thing a lot of people don't know. People would think, I had people who used to come to my comedy shows all the time when I was stationed in San Diego. And a lot of people would be like, oh, you got your friends from your ship coming. They're going to... They're gonna, Applaud you. I said, people, let me tell y'all something. Military members, and these your friends in the military, they are some of the hardest people to impress. Oh, yeah. Because they will come straight. I've had, like, they'll come straight up to you. Man, I heard you doing your little comedy show. You know, anytime somebody put a little on something. Oh, yeah, little. I heard you doing your little comedy show tonight. Yeah, I'm doing a little comedy. I'm going to show up. Your ass better be funny because you ain't funny. I'm going to talk about your ass tonight. I'm going to talk about your ass on the ship tomorrow. And then I get off, and I'll be at work the next day. We going through... All the shit we got to do, mom. One of my officers stopped was like, hey, McCarvey, saw him last night. Funny as hell. Go check him out. People going through shit. Hey, man, your shit was funny. Boy, I heard you, heard you bust their hand last night on stage. I'm like, so if you in the military listening to this and you want to get comedy to go, definitely invite your friends who work 
with you because they gonna let you know, hey, bro, you got some, hey, bro. The dope get, thing, give that the fuck up. The dope thing about friends in the military is that they gonna come out and support regardless, but you don't know what kind of support you you get. Like the 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 I hosted a talent show in Okinawa one time, and shout out to my 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 little sister, one of my best friends, Melissa Jackson. She. She she told me beforehand. She said, "I'm going just so I can throw a pair of panties, a, a pair of big girl panties on on stage at you." And I'm just sitting there. I'm you know I'm like, okay, whatever. She brought like a cadre of bad bitches with her. Like, said a cadre. A cadre of bad bitches. They all had on uh, Sunny G at the time. I was I was part of a, a gang slash rap group called Black Union. So they all had Black Union Sunny G t-shirts on and, and they showed up and she but she really came just to throw the pair of size 3X panties on stage. That was really her mission because afterwards I was like, so how did I do? She was like, oh, I didn't hear you. I'm like, so you just threw the panties on stage and then she's like, oh, yeah, I didn't even, you know, then me and the girls, we talked. So y'all, you, you brought a, a bunch of bad bitches with you. And then you threw the panties on stage, but you didn't listen to not near none of my set. Okay, I'll take it. You know, because people still. No, because I remember <laughs> that, that, that uh, your first time, uh, well, one of your first time doing the talent show you was on Okinawa that you were doing. I heard the Marines fucking with you, and even though I can hear the Marines fucking with you, and it's more than like about five of them here fucking with you. I heard Melissa's voice, keep going. So I'm like, damn, one woman is drowning out five of these motherfuckers. Oh, she was ready to fight. Now, that's one no, thing. No, that's one thing. I met her, man. No, she, she'll she throw down. She was ready she to throw down. fight. If she, she told, I'm talking about, she told them, y'all better shut the fuck up. And Melissa stands like five foot two. Oh, yeah, she tiny. You know, just like what they think um, um, uh, old boy said, she's five two. No, Melissa really is five two. And, but she is... Firecracker don't even begin. No, like, oh, that's a whole TNT. M that's a whole TNT. That's she, a whole no, but that's a whole TNT cache. That's so, a cache of TNT right there. Like as a matter of fact, I, I talk about it all the time. I used to I used to fight Marines like every weekend, and if I couldn't call nobody else, in a, if I was in a fight, I could call Melissa. Like I never wanted to call Melissa, but if she seen me getting into a fight with Marines, it was a wrap. Here she come, and I'm like, hold on. I, she fought a nigga that she was fucking one time for me, but that's another story. No, nah, don't. No, no, we ain't incriminating nobody. But anyway, the, the point of the story, though, was, was the support, the love. Yeah. So if you're in the military, first off, don't ever be discouraged if your first time don't go well. Just the fact that you got the courage to do it says something about you and your spirit. You know what I'm saying? There are a lot of people out here. I listen to Les Brown a lot. Les Brown is a motivational speaker. And one of the things he says is that the most talented gathering of individuals in the world is in the cemetery. Because a lot of people take their talent with them to the grave without ever showing it to the world. You know, they're too scared or they're too afraid or whatever. Just the fact that you are willing to put your talent out there speaks volumes about you. So don't ever think because I put myself out there and it didn't work out, Oh, well, I'm never doing this again. No, do it again. You can keep doing it until you get the preferred results. I am the most disrespected comedian in Atlanta. Anybody listening to this, I'm talking about if you say Sonny G, you only going to get one of two reactions. Sonny, yeah, that's my man. I fuck with him. Or Sonny, man, fuck that nigga. Like, those are the only two reactions you were going to get if you say my name in Atlanta. And I'm cool with that. 
I am absolutely cool with But that. I'll say this to anybody doing combat military. It, do that, because I'm going to be honest, that'll open doors for you at your command, because people will know you as that kind of guy. I actually got a damn qualification just off the fact the man said, you fucking make me laugh, bro. He said, he said, well, you got your qualification paperwork? Yeah. So give it to him. I said, I ain't got to sit down and boy. He said, nah, man. Well, listen, you make me fucking laugh, man. I like your ass. It's, I'm like, it's a double-edged sword. Oh, no, it's, oh, no, no you, it's oh, you can have, no, because you can also have motherfuckers who jealous of your ass because they see, okay, he don't need to depend on this shit. He got something else going on outside of him. It ain't even just the jealousy. It's, it's also the people who... So once motherfuckers like found out that I was pursuing comedy my last year in the Air Force or whatever, they, oh, you missed the funny guy. All right, then how about you, uh, you read the base commander awards and stuff, which mind you, I said, you know, I've been, I've been the, the proctor for shit since I was a little kid. So that's not the issue, but it's the fact that they were doing it maliciously. It wasn't that yeah. they, they thought I was the most qualified or anything. They, oh, you a comedian? Well, we need you to do this. Oh, Mr. Funny, you know what I'm saying? Like it's, it's. It's a double-edged sword. It's, it's, it's going to be folks that actually genuinely support you, and then it's going to be folks that feel like, I'm going to exploit this talent. Not necessarily that they're jealous of you, but, oh, you have this talent? It's, it's going to be somebody who who doesn't like speaking in public. Yeah. So because, you know, your, 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 your sergeant, your, your immediate supervisor sergeant might not like speaking in public. So because he knows that you are a comedian or a musician or whatever, he gonna make you do it. Not because he supports your dream, but because he knows he can exploit your want, your your talent to no, see, I'm, further there. I'm quick with them, I hit them with a one line, like if they give me, come on McCarvey, this ain't like being on stage here, who's funny now? I said, me when I fired this EO complaint against your motherfucking ass. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah, go on, I'm, I'm, I'm with the shits as I am funny, bitch. Okay. I'm so I'm so surprised you still in. I'm, I'm, Bro, I'm, I'm surprised I'm, I'm still I'm in. Gonna, I'm not gonna lie to you, like, cause I'm surprised I'm still you in. You be telling me stories and I'd be like, you know, Petey be talking to these motherfuckers just like he talked to motherfuckers in Atlanta, like, like. But no, cause <laughs> the reason I talk to them is like that is because I catch them in the wrong when they saying some shit, and I got witnesses to back me up, so they like, okay, hell, I can write you up, really, cause. I got two, three witnesses that heard what the fuck you said before I told you fuck you and everything you stand for. Cause I told one of my supervisors, I'm going to tell him you said, I said, fuck you. I said, I didn't say fuck you. I said, fuck you and everything you stand for, you believe in, and you will fight for. I said, if you're going to write me the fuck up, I said, write it up well, partner. And they said, oh, and I said, oh, yeah, by the way, I got two or three witnesses that heard you call me out my name, too. So if that's how you want to play it, champ. We can go there. You you just reminded me like there's a lot of manipulation and coercion going on that goes on. You know, and of course it goes on in, in, in all aspects of, of life, you know, politics or whatever, but especially in the military, because like you were saying, those witnesses, I've I've had situations where I've been in the right and I've had witnesses and then those witnesses won't step forward or, you know, they've been coerced into, you know, you'll 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 ruin your career if you if you side with Airman Roberts and, and this, that and the Well third. So here's the thing about me, they can't hold that against me. I already got an NJP on my record. Cause like I remember when I first got back, one of my supervisors tried to write me up on some bogus shit. And my other supervisor said, no, nah, you're not gonna do that. And cause he handed me the damn the counseling. And I'm looking at him like, bro, I got an NJP. This is child's play. Right. This is like you basically said, well, I'm gonna send you the ISS. Motherfucker, I got suspended for two weeks, um, six months ago. That's funny. One That's day ISS ain't gonna kill me. That's like, I, I got an article 15, but I appealed it. But I got an article 15. And so 
I had, after I got my Article 15, I got a new supervisor, a new tech sergeant, and they kept trying to threaten me with LORs, and I was the same way. I'm like, I have an Article 15. What What do you think an LOR on my record is gonna do? Like, what What does a letter of reprimand mean to somebody who is technically supposed to be getting dishonorably discharged from this motherfucker? I don't know, but like, we finna move on from that. I'm, I'm, we'll go the, off on a whole the, damn thing. PTSD flaring up. Well, I can't really say it ain't that. Even PTSD because you still in there. It's just, just, just TSD. No, you know what's you, funny? You have TSD. You know what's funny? I'm gonna say, I'm gonna <laughs> fuck you. you know TSD? What's, <laughs> That's funny to me. I'm sorry. Fuck you. Uh, <laughs> I ain't got no company. I'm saying fuck you, asshole. You know what's funny to me? When I come back from deployments, like remember when I came back from that 10 month in 2015? Uh-huh. Man, remember, uh, shout out to Carlos Miller and Clayton English. Y'all know them. They wear respect committee. Carlos Miller is with uh, 85 South Show with Chico Bean. And Wild and And, uh, and uh, DC Young Fly. And he on Wild and Out. Real cool dude. I didn't even think Carlos remember who the hell I was when I came back. Cause this is when Carlos blew. He was already blew up. I mean, I already like looked up to the man. Like this is my Obi Wan Kenobi. But this is for the world knew him. So I come back. Him and Clayton English. He he won last comic standard about what two three seasons ago. About four. About three four seasons ago. So I come back. They acting like I'm come. I'm on. I'm I'm a fucking Renz Tate and coming back on death. Young blood, how was it, young blood? You back to the world. You back to the world, young blood. But then it was some other people, a couple other comedians I know they came up to me. So Peter, how was it? You good? You want to talk about? It? Like how was it? How was it? I said, you want to know what it's like to see a man's head blown off? I said, you know what that's like to see a man's head blown off? His guts in your hands, bullets whizzing past your hands. I said, you don't know what that's like. I said, well shit, I was hoping you could tell me. I ain't seen none of that shit. My deployment's been easy. That's like that's like my, my deployment cakewalk. That's like I'm literally robbing. Like, I'm literally robbing the church's money, church me and the the the, uh, the government, because I'm literally just sitting on my head just cooling. I, I ain't gonna lie, I because you know you you you're you're a very uh, uh, passionate dude, so you only, in my opinion, you have two levels, zero and a hundred. Oh yeah, ain't ain't no in between. And so it's funny because I was with you that night. And when people was asking you, I thought your response was gonna be like Ed the Third on Boondocks. How was it? How was it? It was whoa. I mean, show they had bitches, but they had that carpet shit yeah. over their face, and and you can't really see. So and then they they they, they stopped taking me out on on patrols because I was shitting myself, and and so they called me stink bomb, and and I, they said I was giving away the location. I was I, I thought you was gonna go nah. into like that type of mode. It was it was funny. I I remember that night very clearly. I I swore I was like, oh, PD about to go. Well, nah, cause after <laughs> being in the military, like I still zero to hundred, but it's like you deal with so much stupid shit. Cause I remember my boy Marlon Battle who performed with us last night. Shout out to him. Uh, it's another comedian here. That was kind of in my personal space. You know, I've been deployed. Mm-hmm. I spent on the Navy ship on the destroyer. You don't got that much personal space. He kept us in my personal space, half acting. I just ate my brother. I said, look, man, I just came back from 10 month deployment. I kind of been stacked on top of other niggas for like 10 months. I'm going to need you to bag the fuck on, man. Just like take it over there if you feel. He like, I said, no, you cool, bro. Just I need my space, bro. I ain't had space in 10 months. And, and, uh, Marlon was like, man, I thought I said, bro, I didn't deal with some. But you know what's funny about that night? We ended up going to Blue Flame. It was me, O.D. Odell, uh, Tyler Chronicle, shout out to him, and a young lady that he was seeing at the time. Mm-hmm. They took me to Blue Flame. You know these motherfuckers got me a patriotic lap dance? Of course. 
Well, no, it was funny because I was expecting the girl to be like real rude me. Like they told us, hey, my boy just came back from the plum. She came up, gave me a hug, thank you for your service. What branch are you in? Gave me a lap dance and all yeah. this shit. And you know I ain't had nothing in the world. And us, her skin felt like wet silk. And then she gave me one. She gave me another hug. Welcome home and thank you for keeping us safe. I'm like, you, 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 you welcome, God. People don't realize Blue Flame is the the the. the I don't know who manages Blue Flame. I want to get cool with them though, because whoever manages Blue Flame, they first off they have veteran specials. I I, I went one time. I, yeah, yeah. You, how, how you know about the veteran specials? Because I went one time. You know, one I don't, time, I, don't huh? even, I don't do strip clubs. I don't like strip clubs because to me they're all you can eat buffets that you can't actually eat at. It's like, why am I We talking about chicken wings? You can eat the chicken wings. No, no, no. I'm, I'm talking about, I'm metaphorically. Because I'm about to say, I don't understand how people eat the chicken wings, but just people that swear by chicken wings from a strip club. Metaphorically, a strip club to me is I'm paying a cover charge to look at steak that I can't actually put my fork and knife to. You mean, you well, know. You can, you just going to have to pay a hell of a lot to put yeah, your fork and knife to. you know, to. I can pay the cover charge to sniff the steak, or I can pay quadruple the cover charge to car. actually, yeah. <laughs> I might as well just pay triple, in, or I might as well just. Anyway, the point <laughs> I, the point I was making was that I, I went to Blue Flame one time and I showed my ID, and my ID says veteran on it. And the guy at the door goes, "Oh, you a veteran? Oh, hold on!" And he calls the manager over. The manager looks at my ID, and the cover charge I think is normally uh uh ten or twenty. I can't remember. I got in that bitch for three dollars. So then. I'm in there. I'm thinking, okay, well, that's the extent of it. I get in there. Again, they card me at the at the bar. She sees this veteran on it. I think I got drunk as hell. For, oh yeah, for like twenty bucks. Like you know, and drinks in Atlanta. Like oh no, they the motherfucker cost arm, leg, a foot, and you sold to the devil plus a hundred plus ten dollars. But I think for twenty bucks, I think I drank like four or five Hennessy Woo. straights. Like, Straight. And you know, Hennessy is like $12 by itself in, in Blue Flame. So, shout out to the manager of Blue right. Flame. I, I damn. But I, I said all that to say, like, I they they do stuff for the homeless. For real, they do stuff for the homeless. They do stuff for single moms. Blue Flame is actually a very philanthropic uh, organization for it. People just think strip club and wings. Blue, the man, whoever and is Blue, running Blue Flame is doing a lot for Atlanta. They might have been the reason Keisha Bottoms got elected, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised and, and if they have, found out later. And, and, they, and they have brought us some of the best music videos of hip-hop history. That reminds me. I wanted to talk to you about this. I wanted to get into this debate with you, okay? So, Tip Drill versus Twerk. Tip Drill takes the fucking cake. Twerk, so you like small booties. I like booties that I can see that are naked, all the way naked. So you like small, because here's my thing about Tip Drill. Tip Drill, for its time, was great. But if you go and look at it now, all them girls were the A cups of asses. They all had A cups of asses. Twerk has real live fat asses well, in I'm going to be honest. This is what I saw about Tip Drill. Tip Drill, the way that it looked like it's a mansion at a party, it gives me the illusion that shit get wild. I can pull one of them bitches in the room. And, have, and you know, and we go at it. I saw the twerk video. I'm like, I know I'm gonna have to break my bank to tolerate one of these chicks. That's the that's what I got from the twerk video. 
that 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 sounds more like personal perception. I'm saying, but you you asked me what I, I, I feel. I, you know, you're just saying I'm that. Not, I'm, I'm just saying like you you put a, you made a story in your head about what each of these videos means. Like like in the tip drill video, it's a mansion party. These bitches is drunk, freaky, naked, and I can go do this. And then in the twerk video is it? But me, I was just looking at asses. I mean, no, they both so, they both they both full of asses. Too, I got to see Carter B as naked as we probably gonna probably get to see. It. So that's a plus for twerk. But so tip drill, even it's a fine, it, it's like it, it set the standard for for videos of of twerking and everything like that. But if you actually like fat, jiggly, booming asses, the twerk video beats it. Like I feel like going back and looking at tip drill, I feel like I'm I'm looking at like the junior varsity squad of 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 asses. Versus, then the twerk video comes and and here are the majorettes or, or no 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 so I said that backwards I feel like the the tip drill video is the majorettes and then the 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 twerk video is the actual varsity team of ass shakers you know what I'm saying like no I don't think anybody in tip drill in 2019 would 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 have a successful but, career in blue flame but see here's the thing about me I seem to tend to go for the for the girls. Who kind of like nerdy and you know kind of ain't you know just weird and stuff like that and that's mainly gonna be your major rats. Yep. So I tend to go for no no I don't get to it. I, I, I see I, I got I got two spectrums when it comes for me liking women. I either want the one that's kind of real weird or real fine. I don't do the in between. I want the real bad bitch. I want to be like she a little quirky. You know who you would like Megan Thee Stallion. I do like Megan Thee Stallion. I ride that motherfucker to the ground. But see that's because you like how she looks. Do you know her personality is, is weird and nerdy as fuck? No, too. she she's smart as hell. I know she college educated and all this. Not shit. just that, she likes anime. She likes anime. Well, comic I, know, books. I know a lot of uh, and you really going. I know a lot of hood motherfuckers that like anime and all. But I'm saying like Megan, that that's what attracted me. Megan, one time somebody because in the nerd community there's a lot of what's called gatekeeping. Yeah. And motherfuckers be trying to when as soon as a, a chick come on and say I like Star Wars, here comes some nerd nigga talking about some. Oh yeah, what was Darth Vader's middle name? Like, motherfucker, that's that's obscure knowledge is not what makes you a fan of nothing. Okay. But so Megan check. I remember one time I was I was looking at a live with Megan Thee Stallion and she was saying how one of her favorite animes was um, My Hero Academia, which just happens to be one of my daughter's favorite animes. And somebody came trying to do that gatekeeper shit. Oh yeah, well how did All Might get her get his power? And the way they phrased the question was wrong. So first she corrected the question, then she answered the question, and then she went off on this motherfucker for trying to test her nerd knowledge. And I just thought that was the sexiest shit ever. I was like, oh my God. That's before I even... Man, y'all, this man that came up, put his elbows on the table, cupped his hands and cupped his head in the palm of his hands, like looking like a teenage girl daydreaming about how that to I was home. smitten. I was well, smitten. I don't even use that word. Well, getting on to smitten. some nerd stuff, so... The term trap nerd. Basically, I know where the trap come from because we stayed in the trap. We stayed in the trap. And you've like lived everywhere around Atlanta like a motherfucker who's been trapping. Like, like this man pretty much then lived every side of Atlanta except for where? Except the south side. Because where we was wasn't technically That's, that's downtown. Side. No, yeah. like downtown southeast Atlanta. But, but I, uh, like south side, like, like uh, Terra Boulevard, like how motherfuckers yeah. talk about the south side, they really be talking about. 
But you was on the, you never stayed on the east side though yeah, either. I went on Wesley Chapel. Oh, you sure did. As soon as I came back from the prom, yeah, that's the night I tried to come back in. I got stuck in the damn, I had to go get a hotel, hotel room. Because yeah. I ain't want to knock on your window and have, because it was a cop rolling by. It was the Cav County police rolling by. And I was like, uh, he gonna look like I'm breaking in the house. But yeah, this man I, has literally. I've, I've stayed on the east side. I've stayed on, I've stayed in, in I've stayed in Decatur. I've stayed in Bankhead. I'm talking about, I live right next. That's how I found out. Like, I didn't know that Andre corrected J. Cole and said, you know, it's not Hollywood Cole, it's Hollywood Court. I didn't learn that from the internet. I learned that because I actually lived next yeah, to Yeah, so you could know when I came back from the prom and came and chill with you, you stand over there on the west. I actually rolled past Hollywood Court. I was yeah. like, oh shit, I said, I see, I said, Andre Duta, I see why I don't nobody want to fuck with Hollywood Court. God damn, this is abandoned and scary looking. And we low-key speaking of trap, we was down there, um, downtown by uh it's now Georgia State, uh, Georgia State Stadium. Well, it used to be it used Turner, to Turner Field. Field, home of them Brave. We basically were low key lookout boys for that whole crew down there, basically. Oh, yeah. Cause not like the thing was we went on their payroll, just having me and this man to be coming from work. It was, and we'll see, and we'll see the cops. We're like, hey, bro, it was the they coming that, up the block. It was the fact that our porch was conveniently located in between where the cops would have to come in if they wanted to bust somebody, and where we could see. The, the 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 dope boys doing their thing, so it wasn't like it was a community service. I felt like it was community service, you know yeah. what I'm saying? Cause no, I say like it'd be a Sunday or something, we might see a cop, and then what was the old head that had that was out there? Oh, uh, uh posse. Yeah, yeah I'd be posse. like, hey, I'd be like posse. Uh, bro, you might want to cool out. Well, I just seen twelve. Oh, appreciate yeah, you might want to cool out. Remember that time they was uh hitting the raid and the man pulled a gun on us. And then I found out later, because I told my mom, this is my mom told me, baby, they was finna hit a raid on him. He, the cop was trying to tell you to get inside because they finna raid. I said, but he could have been like, hey, get the fuck inside. This man literally pulled a gun on us. Yeah. On a Sunday, me and Sunday sitting on the porch, chilling. He like, hey, y'all get, get in the house. He like, hey, get in the house. I'm like, dude, we on the porch. Get in the house. I'm like, we ain't buying nobody. Got out of the car, said, get in the house. I'm like, why you gonna pull a, pull a gun on us, bro? Like, seriously? Like, right. We on the porch legally. They, we ain't doing shit illegal, but yeah, yeah. that's when you know. But oh yeah. man, that shit was weird. Remember that day we heard somebody die over there? Upstairs. Our, yeah, our we literally place. heard, y'all, we not, no, this ain't no exaggeration. Because it was the day I was moving out because Sonny wanted to go stay by. It wasn't no beef or with nothing between us because actually I still kept going over his house with Sunday dinners and stuff. Like they just said he wanted to have his own space and live by himself. So I was like, right, I feel that. So I went and moved my aunt on it. The day I'm moving out, we heard a big thud upstairs. <laughs> we were like, the fuck is that? Lady came out and said, my mama just died. I'm like, my mama just died. Like, we literally just heard somebody fucking die. No. Hey, madam, what's going on? Sonny, Sonny's lady, Kelly, just came in. We, we, did you tell her we was recording, bro? Because she, she looked like she was still sleeping. I forgot to. I closed all the doors. I, no, okay. Oh. Okay. That moment was brought to you by Miss <laughs> Kelly. <laughs> I've been keeping Sunny G straight since 2015? 16. Yeah. 2016. Yeah, I, 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 you know. That's, that, 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 that's sponsorship. You, you see, that's your sponsorship. <laughs> you see how I was already ready to turn around with the, uh, uh, baby, we, we, we just, like, I felt like I was doing something wrong. Baby, we, we just doing a podcast. That's yeah, all. <laughs> we just doing a podcast. Oh, man, but no, shout out to her, man. She. But yeah, we, the, the, the and the, the crazy thing is, I was talking to the daughter of the lady who died on Plenty of Fish. So what? Yes. So I think it was like a couple weeks later. 
she hit me up and she was like, do you live downstairs from me? And I was like, yeah. And I was like, so if you don't want to live upstairs from me, was that your mom that died a couple weeks ago? And she was like, yeah. I was like, oh. No, the thing that takes the cake is two incidents while we were living over there taking cake and while we were living in the trap. One was when all them, them dude, the mother and white people that was trying to uh, go to the, see the Braves game. Oh, when they got their car And they got their car towed and everybody left. I had to go over there and talk to them because everybody was just laughing. They were scared. I said, look, man, I understand y'all know y'all in the trap. Ain't nobody going to bother us. Now, we going to laugh at your goofy ass. Here's the funny, the funniest part of that story to me because whenever you, whenever you tell it, you always leave out the part that we tried to warn them. We tried to. No, we warn. did try to warn. We tried we, to warn. Because matter of fact, that to. was the one time we was actually, we was doing either we was doing something in my car that was just one day we just decided to sit on the front and drink beer. So yeah. I forgot what we was doing, but we just said, you know what, we gonna sit out front of the building today and we just gonna drink. And the white people were like, we like, hey, y'all sure y'all want to leave y'all shit over here? We're like, hey, you positive? You might not. Well, I, it, it, well, I, I paid the guy twenty dollars that. You technically just got robbed, but if I was you, I would not leave your car there. Me and Petey sat there and tried no, to. No, we tried to talk people. three people, not three people, because we both had two tall boys. Cause I think I went to the liquor store and we got two we tall boys. We live right across the street, yeah. Yeah, so, so we got two tall boys. So we sitting there by the first people, like, hey, I don't think y'all want to leave it though. Then something like, I don't think it's the third people. We looked at each other, we like, no one. We like, fuck it, fuck it. We clanked up the damn, we clanked up the damn tall but fuck it. I said, it's a bold move, Cotton. Let's see how it plays out. They came Show out enough. that game. Show when I took, Oh. And they was nervous, and everybody, I'm looking at everybody like, man, y'all ain't gonna say nothing. And I was like, and then Sonny was, was like, Sonny, you the most sensible person, because Sonny is usually the most sensible person, so you gonna make me be the adult in this situation. He laughing too. Because uh, we told him. No, that's my th no, I'm petty. I'm sensible, but I'm petty. Yes. Oh, shit, yes. Uh oh. But yes, I'm, 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 you know, I'm sensible, but I'm also petty. And I'm like, we told these people not to park here and they acted like because we two black men holding beer in our hands we don't know what we talking about so then i after that i had to go be the sensible motherfucker like look man ain't nobody finna rob y'all we were laughing at y'all ass because it's funny but ain't nobody gonna rob but no where the nerd part come in about this like inside that house i'm talking about like hood nerd shit me him and your brother doug when he was living there Y'all want to know some of the hoodie shit that went on in that house? We be all be sitting there drinking, or they be smoking. I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't do that. Watching fucking Family Feud or uh, Jeopardy, and we getting all these motherfucking questions right. Hell yeah, hell yeah. We getting all these goddamn questions, and we get mad if the question left out of detail, like Waterloo was winning, such and such. Like wait, 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 I'm sorry, we all be sitting there. Who fought? When was the Battle of New Orleans fought? Man, everybody know that shit was fought two weeks after the goddamn War 1812 happened. Right. Nah, like, so the whole thing with Trap Nerd is, and I've explained this, so now it's cool to be a nerd. You know what I'm saying? The 2010s have changed the word nerd completely from being disrespectful to being a term of endearment. It's almost like it's the new N-word, literally. Like, uh, but when I was coming up as a nerd in the 90s, you know, that was one of the worst things you could be. Somebody called you a nerd. Them, them was fighting words if you felt like you wasn't a nerd or if you really was a nerd. So the, the whole trap nerd thing is, like you said, we was we was living in Turner Field. Well, we was living by Turner Field, but I'm working third shift and coming home and I got a Spider-Man jacket on. And motherfuckers would know me by that. They'd be like, oh, yeah, nah, that's that's Sonny. He cool with the Spider-Man jacket. Don't rob him. Yeah, the tell it was a blood block because I used to work at Walgreens at the time. You know, Walgreens, you got to wear blue. So 
I'm coming up, I got a blue jacket on. Somebody who I didn't see like, hey man, what the fuck you know yet? And then some little young boy could possibly like, man, that dude work at Walgreens. You don't see that name? Take leave that man a fuck alone. He, he just going to go to work. And the little kids be cool with us too, because I used to have to Jimmy, I mean it's the nigga rig how to get the damn thing. Mm -hmm. And they see my car, so I say, hey, cuz you don't know the new code. Like, yeah, I right, this is new code. Watch it one time, cause I ain't gonna share it with you no more. I got you. Man, shit. So I've always been been like you talked about. I done, I done lived in every corner of Atlanta, and I've never had any kind of fear of because I grew up. I grew up in Madisonville, part of Cincinnati, Ohio, which is if I had to if I had to compare it to anything that that, that rappers talk about, I would say it's the it's the uh, Brownsville. Of Cincinnati. Shout out to my boy Giddy, man. Dude, I met on deployment. He from Brownsville. Never ran, never real. Brooklyn, stand up, baby. Yeah, like, like, like. If you from Madisonville, you all you know is hustle and survive. Those, those are the only two things. That oh yeah, you definitely did that, boy. Every times I remember we come in, I'm like, man, how we gonna make it? And then I'm like, damn, we made it to another month. Oh, it, yeah. it just got to a point I never just even. And it's funny. Because the nerd shit, what he be doing, like I said, all that, man, I say this man is a comic book, savant, or anything, like, anytime a movie came out, I would call him up, like, I'm in California, I call him up, hey, brother, they're true to the shit, they're like calling your OG to be like, hey, man, what's going on, they're true to the shit, oh, that's factual, cuz, alright, cuz, like, I got a chick I was talking to like that, uh, I, I, uh, she's in the army I was talking to, and she said, oh, you trying to run a, a Jedi mind control trick on me. Jedi mind control on me. I said, so you basically call yourself weak-minded. She's like, what you mean? I said, Jedi mind control on works on the weak-minded. And she like, I said, damn it, son, it's shit. Because oh, yeah. I mean, you told me that, it's like, yeah, yeah he said, he said, get up. You said Jedi mind control only works on the weak-minded. It does. So I, so I said, you basically just call yourself, wow, you, you kind of, I said, no, nah, I learned that from my boy. So that's why I went after we saw a fucking Suicide Squad. And you knew I was pissed because you know who my favorite villain is. Oh, yeah. And I like and shout out to Jared Leto's Joker. But like, no, in the nerd community, he his, he's the least liked Joker. And I felt like that was a very great concept to contemporary to make Joker. Because uh, no, you, you know I like the Joker, so I caught I was in the theater like eight fucking minutes. Oh yeah, no, nah, he had eight real fucking eight, minutes. Eight. So I called you. I was like, I gotta call my boy. I said, Hey, Sonny, what the fuck? You're like, what the fuck? I like Joker. Yeah, I was like, <laughs> I. I no, he actually put me on game about when I was stationed in San Diego. I didn't know Comic-Con was yeah, as big right. as it did. Because, like, I had got out there when Comic-Con was going on. So I put up a status saying, man, in San Diego, what I'm going to do? you like, bro, Comic-Con. That's it. I just looked up your base. You literally right down the street from Comic-Con. Was anybody, if you stationed in San Diego, California, on Naval Base San Diego, a.k.a. 32nd Street Naval Base, you literally right down the street where they have Comic-Con at the San Diego Convention Center. So he's like, bro, you literally right down the street. I said, bro, that's some nerd shit. He started showing me them pictures of them girls in that cosplay. Man. He's like, you still think that's some nerd shit now? I was like, damn. So I jump in the shit. Man, shout out. If it, so, shout out to my daddy because I don't think this is PC for for 2020. But his favorite thing to say back when I was a kid is there's preverts, perverts, and proverbs. A prevert is a pervert who doesn't realize his potential yet. Everybody knows what a pervert is, and a provert is someone who's perfected it. <laughs> and, I like that. And so, uh, as as a self-proclaimed provert, um, if you've ever in your life wondered what slutty Pikachu looks like, go to Comic Con. 
if you've ever thought to yourself, you know, I like Poison Ivy, but what does she look like in a thong? Go to Comic-Con. If you've ever wanted to know what what's the the plant from Little House, a Little Shop of Horrors looks like with boobs, go to Comic-Con. Oh, no. You you will find oh, no, that's what we use, that's what we used to do like we cuz like I said, we'll hop the train cuz it's a straight shot downtown. We be already pregame, so by the time we catch all of them, cause like Comic Con is right down, right across the street from the Gas Lamp District, which is downtown San Diego. Mm-hmm. So they gonna go bar hopping. Ain't nothing but but bars all along Fifth Avenue, cause Fifth Avenue is the main drag, and it just branches off from there. So we used to go down there and catch all of. Them. I got was, bro. I'm gonna have to get you out there, cause I'm gonna actually get the station back out there in ten months. I be there. You gonna have to like one May. You just gonna have to save up your coins, and and you gonna have to. You're going to have to go it on might, with it. It might ruin my relationship. Shouts out to the Bay. I, I love you, but I don't know. It's You might get that call hey, from Harlem Knights. Hey, hey, you put your mother on the phone. Look, I'm going to tell you like this. I ain't yeah, going to. I ain't never coming home. I ain't finna, like I tell all <laughs> you and all my homeboys that's about to do dirt. I said, look, I ain't going to encourage you to do this shit, but I ain't finna hold your hand and be your Jiminy Cricket either. So you come back home to Atlanta. Petey, that's on you. Nah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do just like how Patrick did on SpongeBob. Petey. Peter is not here right now. Leave a message after the BB. <laughs> That's my favorite. One of my favorite singles. I'm like, Patrick, you know that? You know Sandy looking right at your dumb ass. Shout out to SpongeBob for being a funny ass show for, for 20 something years. Uh uh-uh, uh. My favorite scene on SpongeBob was when Mr. Krabs went to the emergency room. He saw the bee. He's like, he said, I forgot how much the beer was, but it was high as hell. SpongeBob said, You gonna have a heart attack, Mr. Krabs? And not at these prices. I said, Hell no. Nah. <laughs> You know I found out boy sponge, I mean sponge of uh, Mr. Krabs. The the captain of the COs from Shawshank Redemption. Really? Yes, Clancy Brown. That oh. is the voice of he, Mr. Krabs. He was also the voice of Lex Luthor back in the um the old Superman cartoon. That man is like he Clancy is, Brown is a le- he's an underrated No, he's legend. underrated. He's he's a, he's very underrated legend. Him and I can't say she's underrated because I know, but Cree Summer on that same oh, shit too. Oh man, Cree, Cree is bay all day. Cree is like, so when people be like, oh, you just discriminate against skinny women. First off, Cree Summers ain't never been more than a buck 20 in her whole life, and she has always been. Yeah, she, fine. Like, she like 50 something, and I, I, found, I saw on Instagram 50 something, she's still beautiful. Cree Summers could get all my money. I'm talking about if. I, like, I, like, I ain't gonna lie, I'd like to do it to her and then have her make the Aramira voice. I can't say the Susie Carmichael voice because that's kind of weird because Susie Carmichael's like four years old. So is Elmira. Elmira's not no four years old. Elmira's a little kid. They was in college, wasn't it? No, I thought Tiny Tony Vincent no. was in college. Tiny, uh, uh, Acme University is a high school. She a senior that's 18. <laughs> that, that's how I'm gonna come back. She a senior that's 18. She's a senior that's 18. But, yeah, so shouts out real quick to um, something that I just learned. So, Parker Brothers and Wiz Kid, I don't know if you old enough to remember, but there used to be a time where board games would come out for anything. Yeah, yeah. So, there used to be a game called Don't Wait Daddy. The commercial was the fires part of that. Don't Wait yeah, it was. Daddy from Parker Brothers. Shh. But, so apparently Parker Brothers done lost the the rights to a lot of their most popular games because Kelly, my girlfriend, brought home some some games that they selling at the the dollar store. I'm not gonna say which one. They don't get no free advertising from me. But you just like, gave you gave Blue Flame like a goddamn three minute fucking uh, trailer. Blue Flame also, as I explained, does a lot for the community. <laughs> they they give a lot back to the community. Mm-hmm. But um, but the dollar store. So Parker Brothers apparently lost 
their their license for a lot of their most popular games and then decided to make knockoffs of the games they lost licenses for. So instead of sorry, we have no apologies by Parker Brothers. Instead of, <laughs> instead of shoots and ladders, we have climb and slide. Oh my god, I ain't even seen that. by Parker <laughs> Brothers. And so I was just I was just Ooh, wondering yeah. to myself, I said, I wonder what else. And I, I didn't find any other, oh no, no, no. And instead of clue, it's just called mystery. Instead of being clue. So, what about guess who? So guess who is who this is? Oh, I, didn't even, I, didn't even I guess come up. I guess guess who? Be like who this is? I didn't even come up with one for guess who, but that, oh man! So I, I came up with a list of of games that I feel like Parker Brothers should uh, uh, since they've been lost their license for for their games. The game of existence uh, and still oh, life and uh, bubble tastic behavioral issues. Bubble trouble instead of trouble. <laughs> uh, <laughs> confectionery snack zone. Candyland. Candyland, yep. Thirsty, thirsty elephants. Hunger, hunger, hippo. <laughs> Shh, mom's sleeping instead of don't wake dad. Don't wake dad. You know what? <laughs> Your ass need to go on work for like great value or some shit like that. For you to come up with that type of shit, bro. Evasive surgery. Operation. Yep. <laughs> Hamster escape room. What was hamster? Mousetrap. Mousetrap, okay. <laughs> you know what? First of all, they can't do that because niggas ain't going to know. Hey, man, what the hell is this? This is a goddamn surgery. I can't get this shit. Attach four, connect four, <laughs> and uh, finally gentrification. Tell the gentr. Which one would that be? The most popular board game in the world. Monop. Oh, Monopoly. Because all Monopoly is is it's technically the game of gentrification. God if you damn. think about it, all Monopoly is is how to to gentrify. Boy, you take a poor area, you buy it, and then you put rich shit in it. Oh, and then man. you make it more expensive for everybody else on the board. That shit, my mind is blown. You damn Trap nerd. Damn, boy, that my mind is blown. Hey, man, that is a perfect way to end <laughs> this shit. Man, oh, man, Sonny, thank you for rocking out with me, man. There's no problem, man. Yeah, man, um, like, tell the people how to get in contact with you other than your podcast. I'm on all social media, Trap Nerd Sonny. That is Sonny with an O, not a U. I'm not a stripper. I'm, uh, I do F a podcast and on YouTube. I also do uh, Tank Shark, which is the only review show with a dude in a tank top. And just real quickly, I want to say this. Black men, we have to stop being afraid to show emotions and, and actually show love out there because the news is portraying us as a bunch of savages who just want to kill each other. And I want to say this right now. I'm, I'm sitting here with my little brother. I love this man. And I don't mean that in no way that you can take it to, to, to yeah. flip it around. I actually, I love this man. And, and I think we should be able to tell each other I love you yeah, without this, any kind of connotation being, yeah. being forward. So, PD, I appreciate you putting oh, me on no, the show. I love you too, bro. Man, this man actually taught me something about how I look at my comedy career and anything I'm doing. Because when I first moved here, I was just pedal to the metal, pedal to the metal, pedal to the metal. Finally, he put me, said, man, what have you done to have some fun while you been? I said, what you talking about, bro? I said, bro, it's been constantly you going to work, going to go hit a stage, man. I said, well, man, I'm, I'm trying to grind. We go, I said, we go out when it deals with comedy. He said, take two weeks off and just enjoy Atlanta. Best two weeks I ever had in my life. Uh, saw a lot of Atlanta that I saw every day just took for granted hell because of this man we snuck into a nationally televised uh, season of off-chain uh, off comedy show on Bounce TV first 
day we finagled our way. Second day, it was kind of like the they, man they did everything. They, they and they they the was, third day, the man knew our name here at the door and told him where the chicken wings were. I'm so, sorry. They, they took catering. Catering. They, they, they showed us where catering was. Yeah. Like, we was on the show. Yeah. I think it's funny how most of the stories of me and my friends in Atlanta involve us sneaking into somewhere and then actually ingratiating ourselves yeah. with the staff. But we'll get into that another time. Yeah, because I'm about <laughs> to run out of time on this thing. So y'all know how to uh, get in contact with me if you don't. Um, my email is ptmac10 at yahoo.com. And I'm on Instagram and Twitter at ptmac10. And, um, you know, you find me on... On uh, Facebook, Pete McCorvey, or you type in Peter Mac, come come on. So I'm gonna end it like how I always end it, like my way my boy Big Keep used to end it. Be cool, stay calm, and get paid. That was some food talk for y'all ass later.